0: Hi, if you don't know me, I'm Catherine, and um, I have the honour of sharing sharing the word today. Um, I just want to start by just sharing a little something. Um, for those that know me, it's like I'm gonna, I repeat myself all the time. Every message is a bit of the same thing. <laughs> it's sort of my message, I guess. It's the message that sort of comes out of me and in my season. Um, In in wanting to prepare, prepare this sermon. My my biggest, I guess, I really want to say what God wants me to say. That's my biggest thing. And so, if I'd prepared something and I got here this morning, felt God wanted to do something completely different, I'm so ready for that. But in wanting to honor Him and honor Him, like I just, I've spent so much time wanting to prepare something so that whichever way you want to go, God, I can go there. Like a like a musician thinking about that, they know their instruments so well that they can show up at an event and someone knew they're like, "We're going to do this song in what key?" Okay, ready. I'm ready to go. I'm so skilled with my instruments that's something that I really wanted to do. And and just this week, um, but yet not wanting to miss that it's not in, in my works or in like I wasn't trying to just seek out a message. I was trying to seek the Father essentially. And selfishly for myself, because then it can pour out of this overflow. And so, in the car this week, I was um, I was just I was singing in worship, and and as we in the car, there's so much confidence in the car. It's my, my safe zone. So much confidence. I can I can I can have really louder thoughts and opinions, or I can really belt that song. That song is mine, and I own it. Um, but I was singing this, this song and, and, and the words were that, that I just love your presence and all I want to do is sit here at your feet. Like there's nothing else I want to do. And we sing songs where, you know, you're the first thought on my mind when I wake up and I was just singing it and this is beautiful. And all of a sudden I was like, not true. <laughs> not true. I would love to say that that is true for me, but it is not. It is, it is the, the, the cry of my heart to do that, but it's not my truth. And um, And it just was just this, God was just sort of, I guess, reminding me of just, you know, I spend all day with my, my Heavenly Father, that I, I'm praying all the time, and, um, but the time I'm actually getting in His Word is, re- is really hard to get. It's it's really precious for me. I have three children, um, and I work, and, and and life is life is busy. But but I just felt just in that moment, God was just sort of awakening me to see His heart for just this this intimacy that He's wanting with people, and that when when we are truly, we don't sing these things. I, some people you know say this, fake it till you make it, and it's like we don't not sing these things because we're not there yet but they are the cry of our heart and it's just reminding our our soul and our spirit that just yeah i do i do just want to sit here at your feet and i'm reminding myself that when whatever moment i can have that i am just i'm wanting to soak in as much of you as possible because there is just so much i just um so with this word today i don't actually know that i have a title for it. You can make up your own. Go for it. Um, essentially, it's around faith, healing and signs and wonders. And uh, But there's going to be a lot of scriptures. So if you feel like jumping with me, go for it. Otherwise, write them down. Get into them later yourself. See what they mean for you. Um, but I'm just going to open with Job 11, 7 to 9. Can you solve the mysteries of God? Can you discover everything? About the Almighty, such knowledge is higher than the heavens, and who are you? It is deeper than the underworld. What do you know? It is broader than the earth and wider than the sea. I just love reading this in this moment. This, this, this image of of how big God is, and us trying to figure it out. We're always just trying to figure it out in everything. We're trying to figure out how we can get from A to B, and we're just trying to figure things out. And so then I got to this point. Of, well, what is faith? So then Hebrews 11, 1 to 3. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Verse 2. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Through by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. I love this concept of the things that are that are unseen. This evidence of things we cannot see. And then in verse 3, this, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. If you've ever read the Bible, children's Bible, ever been to Scripture, we know that God spoke a word. It was in it was in, in just the speaking. that None of this was there. It's like I'm just going to speak and move the sun from there to here. It was like he spoke and then there was light. He spoke and there was earth. He spoke. It was in just in his command. just Oh, gosh, I love that. Uh, The Passion Translation. Uh, Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated. By the power of God's words, he spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. This concept that there is so much more out there that we don't see. There's, like, I even just think of... My kids are silent and I'm not seeing something. Something miraculous is happening. We've been talking to our kids about the power of our words and I was sharing with my son who's seven. um, I've heard studies and I really should look them up where the sources actually came from, but just the power of our words and speaking to plants, You know, speaking to this plant, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, um, you're going to grow, you're strong. This one, you suck, you're dead, you're lifeless, nobody likes you. And just the effect, the the physical, actual effect of our words, just even on a plant, is so powerful that then the plant spoken with life flourished, and this plant spoken with degrading, hurtful words, it died. And so I was talking to my son Levi about just the power of our words, and when we are when we're talking, even just with others, and you know. Um, uh, uh, my husband's grandma said, you know, words are like toothpaste. You know, once they're out there, you can't get them back in. And so the words that we are sharing should be words of life. And um, but then, oh, yeah, so yeah, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Um, but then going on to Mark 4, I told you I'm going to do some jumping, Mark 4, 39 to 41 um, we know this, it's the disciples there on the boat, they're crossing the sea with Jesus, and, and he's tired after a full day of ministering. I mean, I'd be tired I'd be tired after just making breakfast for my kids. But they're in the boat, they're crossing the sea, and it's a beautiful, calm day. Out of nowhere, a storm comes along. I've been in days where it's been a beautiful, calm day. Nothing, everything's like, it's woken up, and it's like, thank you, hallelujah, this is a wonderful day. Out of nowhere, storm. <laughs> like, I did not see that coming, that's not fair. Jesus, where you at? <laughs> Take the wheel, come on! Um, but in this moment, so verse thirty-nine. When Jesus woke up, he wasn't just woken up. They were like Jesus. There was this this anxiousness. They they were they were freaking out, to say the least. Uh, so Jesus woke up. He turns. He rebuked the wind and said. So my Bible doesn't say anywhere that he he yelled. There was power in his voice, but he didn't yell. But he said to the waves, silence, be still. Now, when I share this story with my kids and I was sort of reading it the first few times, I'd get to that page and I'd be like, silence! Because if I want my kids' attention <laughs> and if I want them to be listening, some, some extra force is required. But with the things of God, this silence, be still. Suddenly, in the suddenly, the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. Verse 40, then he asked them, why are you afraid? Because we were going to die. Uh, Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. I just love this, this, this concept of just the power in even a whisper. If you guys came along and if you didn't come along, you should really try and um, get the notes. We had Katie Haldane here. And she shared on Angels, Demons, End Times. Um, it, it was phenomenal. Like things that seemed so simple that to me were like, oh my gosh, eyes opened, mind blown. Like amazing, amazing things. But just this power of in you know, a whisper, I think sometimes we think that this fight, you know, it's not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers. And and we can sometimes think that we need to be in our being assertive in our faith, that we need to almost be aggressive, that we need to be yelling. And um, and because that's sort of in our natural way, that's sort of we, we get a response. If you raise your voice, if you're louder, you get a response. But just this authority in knowing that even in just a whisper that the waves would hear. The waves were, were created by the Heavenly Father. All, all of this is... All right, Um, Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Jesus was given the greatest name of all names. The Passion Translation saying God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. In verse 10, the authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. We need to exercise our authority over our natural circumstances. That... In the name of Jesus, there is so much power. The diple, the disciples, the disciples were so overcome by their their circumstance, their situation. They were so overwhelmed by it; they couldn't see any reasonable solution. It was like Jesus, you don't care. We're going to die, putting it all on Him. You obviously don't care. I know. I felt. I don't know that I voiced it out loud to 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 God, but felt like, gosh, this is hard. Like, are you even here in this moment? We had um, our, one of our old cars. It was a Volkswagen Polo. I loved that little thing, a little turbo. meant that if I was on the freeway, I could just overtake anything. It was fantastic. Um, but I had this weird thing that if you opened, you'd unlock the car and you'd open, only open the passenger door and you hadn't opened the driver door, once you closed the passenger door again, it locked. And it was only two door and we had we had a um, little baby at the time. anyway, I put him in his seat, shut the door, go around to get in and and I'd put my bag in on the on the passenger seat, put the baby in, shut the door to go around and get in. The car's locked. I'm locked out of the car. My son's locked in the car. Nice summer day. and um, he's sort of okay for a minute. I'm not okay, freaking out. And um, I realized it's okay. He has his water in his hand. I'll call my husband, and he's only an errander, and it's not too far away. We'll get the situation sorted. We'll be okay. Within seconds, he's like, hate this. You've left me in here to die. Sorry, is his water. Um, I'm like, well, now you might die because you, you have no water. Um, I could already see the sweat droplets pooling. His face is getting redder and redder, and in this moment, he just was, we were making eye contact through the car, and I'm just crying, staring at him, which was probably unsettling him even more because it, was, it wasn't pretty cry, it wasn't like gentle worship tear, it was like, oh. And um, I looked at him, and, and he was tired. He, we'd left the shops because he was ready for a sleep, and, and, he, and he was done. He was done with it all, he was done. But looking at him, I was like, help is on the way. And I am right here, but there is nothing I can do right now. And if he keeps looking at me, he's going to continue to be distressed. And so I need to step out of sight. And so I had to sort of just step just behind him so he couldn't see me anymore from his car seat. But I was right there, and if I thought he went like unconscious, I was going to break the window. I was going to get in. But, uh, but my husband was on his way, and, and so he fell asleep. But I just thought in that moment, he would have felt so afraid that he was so alone. He thought I'd abandoned him there in that moment. What he didn't know was I was right there crying alongside of him. I was feeling hot and flustered, not as hot as him, but <laughs> I, I was having a bad day too. Um, and sometimes I think we could feel like that with God. It's like, God, where have you gone? Where are I, I don't see you. I don't feel you. I don't know that I trust you. I'm feeling unsafe. I'm feeling threatened. I'm feeling... Like you know, of all things, you should be there for me, and yet I was—I was right there. These disciples didn't come out of this situation dry; they came out of it wet. They were marked by it. They—there was evidence that there, the storm was there. We come out of things marked by it, but—but but the where is the faith? The faith of that we can speak, in, in even just in a whisper, if we know. And all of this today is all about getting back to to knowing the one. Knowing the one, knowing what we already have. Faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Romans 10 verse 17. That We we don't need to keep hearing the word to get more faith. I'm going to challenge you with this thought, that we don't need to keep hearing it to get more faith. I think sometimes we sort of think with the sort of brain, the more I hear it, the more I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. But instead we need to keep hearing it so that we can discover, it's about discovering what we already have. So it's not just hearing it to get faith, it's hearing it to discover what is already ours. So then going on from that, that we need to spend time hearing and meditating on God's word. There is so much wonderful that like happens within our house on a Sunday. We have worship. We have the Word. There are amazing podcasts. There's amazing. Wo- there's so much amazing worship. Um, there are beautiful sunrises. There's there's so much wonderful thing. But if you also don't know the Word and the one who who wrote the Word, the one who it's about, we need to get back to. And this this isn't me trying to have a a dig at anyone, but just as, as as a reminder of just getting back into it. Letting these things inspire us and encourage us, but instead of just seeking his power, seeking his presence because there is power in his presence. We need what this says to become more real and powerful to us than what our circumstances are dictating. We need the word of God to be more real. I, I shared a little while ago, fact and truth. There's fact, It's what fact is saying. We can't ignore fact. We have bills, we have, we have sicknesses, there are things going on and, and, it, and it's you deemed crazy or insane to, to ignore those facts. Sometimes we could just be like, oh yeah, God will take care of it. We can't ignore it. But we also need to stand on the truth. The truth is that he's provider, he's healer that we can be set free. Um, So another little testimony um, on sort of what circumstances are dictating. I know you guys love my germ stories, but here it is again. Um, That up until last year, gastro had never hit my family. Thank you, Jesus. It had never come. And And it hit us last year, and it was really unfortunate and I think I ended up with PTSD from it. It was, it was quite horrible. Well, it tried to come again this year, and, um, and I said no. Um, they were dropping like flies around me. And, and the thing with germs is, and like I say, a gastro bug, it's like, if it's in the house, you're going to get it. I was like, no, I'm not having it. I'm standing up, and I'm saying No. The fact is that there are germs around me but the truth says that that i could even walk on a serpent i would not but i could and that i would be fine and so i said no i'm not having it they all got sick around me i didn't get it it tried to come again and i was like no 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 it got those two it didn't get anybody else my faith i was encouraging them my faith was even stronger from that because i was like hey hey if i can if I can over, if I can be be separated from this, if I can avoid this, you guys can too. So it's like, come on, Levi, come on Luke, let's just They'll be healed, thank you, Jesus. But we and I've shared this before, we have faith in germs. If someone coughs on me, if someone vomits on me, like what <laughs> it's like, well, I'm gonna. Well, they put the lepers outside of the gate for a reason. It was contagious and and it was ugly. They smelled bad. And it was like separating ourselves. We sort of feel sometimes the only way to to avoid something is by avoiding it, to separate ourselves from it. Circumstances are going to come. But who is greater than our circumstances? Um, So another thing... uh, with our faith, this beginning of this year, we, we believed that we were just going to step out in faith. Hallelujah! We're, you know, like, we're walking on water, we're stepping out in faith, God. Um, then we really got challenged. <laughs> so uh, financially, uh, my husband, he commutes, he works in Sydney. Uh, we felt that in providing for our family, that if he started to work for himself, we'd be, we would be able to earn more money. And so, made the decision. He went part time with work. And we're like, thank you, Lord. This is great. We've got the potential of some clients. And so, we sort of still, still got a regular income, but sort of stepping back. Um, we found out that we were expecting our fourth baby. We're like, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and my daughter was accepted into into private school. So we already had one in private school fees for. Um, a second um, and then my husband was made redundant <laughs> and we went up oh, walk, walk, walk of faith Did, didn't you say to walk out of faith God what <laughs> so we were, we were really challenged in this time but in, in this whole time this is something that we've been growing in and in our relationship we've really been wanting to build and work on and and and, and grow in this that just this not hearing and just speaking and declaring to, to grow in faith, but but knowing what is already ours. And so in this time, we were like, well, who is our provider? In an instant, anything can happen. This secure, fantastic job he had who they were going to pass work on to him. They were really happy for him to be growing his own business. All of a sudden, weren't doing well. And they were so sad to let him go. They didn't want to let him go. And we were sad because it was always our prayer that, wherever he would be or where I would be, that we would be an asset, be a blessing to the business that we're in. If they're doing well, then we're doing well. And so it was, it was a bit of a shock and it kind of just shook us a bit, but it didn't shake our faith, but pushed us into, well, hold on. Who is our provider? We know who our provider is, so we will not fear. And Luke, and I'm so thankful for him, was standing really strong and I just had to say to him for a minute, I was like, hey, you know, I, I, I'm coming, I'm getting there. <laughs> like, I know that my God is good and we know that he is good, but sometimes, um, my kids love Toy Story, it's like my front end had to catch up with my back end, like <laughs> I had to sort of sort of sort of bring it together. So sometimes we're gonna we're gonna get wet. The disciples, sometimes we're gonna get wet, that the things come, but it's how we respond in that moment that we can partner with the Almighty God, knowing that we have all authority. And we have all authority knowing this because John 14, verses 12 to 15. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Pause. What did Jesus do? He did some remarkable things. And I'm like, and I can do the same? What? Like, so he says that we could do the same. And then he goes on to say, even greater miracles than these am i seeing these not every day no to be honest i'm not but i know that it's available and so i'm reminding myself of what is available to me jesus says because i go to be with my father verse 13 for i will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Verse 14, ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. The power of Jesus. Amen. When we know the authority, when we know the person who has all the authority, and when it says, when we follow him in faith, believing in him, believing in and it says and i've read it to you before not all of you might have been here but that there are so many more miracles and things that happen than were even written down there are so many more and i think sometimes we could sort of categorize of like oh yeah you know um we've got more people coming over than i thought yep god can provide he can make it you know he did the loaves he can do that and we sort of think you know i've got like 20 people i thought i was only having 15 so okay god that's a bit of a stretch 5,000 people. That's 5,000 men Then the women, the children, and there's always a few of us tagging along. (laughs) But the power of Jesus, this example of Jesus, that greater things will we do, greater things that are available to us. The other day I couldn't find, um, I've got a, trying to be all um, environmental, I've got a coffee keep cup, and I couldn't find the lid. So my very first um, holy response was, kids, who knows where the lid is to my coffee cup? My beautiful seven-year-old comes up, did you pray? (laughs) I didn't, I didn't, I'm honest, I didn't, I was like, I know the culprits, I'll go straight to them, (laughs) we can know what's coming against us. And we can think that we can attack it, but it was more about getting back to the Father. And I was so challenged in that moment of like, "Ugh, I've been trying to teach you, kid, and now you're getting me." <laughs> that like, we're we're wanting to set an example, but we're following the ultimate example, and just and remembering. And I would like to say that I'm super holy and I, I do awesome things all the time, but I don't. I fall short. I fall short as a parent. I fall short as a friend. As a daughter, I fall short. But my beautiful example that I desire to continually go after is my heavenly father, that I would continue to be loving, that I would remember what's available to me, and then, then I would walk in it. I wouldn't just know what I have. Uh, a, a prince or a princess knows the inheritance that they have. They don't need to say, hey, I am, I am pr- like princess, whatever. They just know who they are. They know what authority they have. They know what's available to them and how they can get around. For us, just knowing what's available to us and when we know the word and then we know the Father, we know what is available to us. We all have natural circumstances screaming at us in different ways. The world is noisy and we need to lean in and seek the presence of God, seeking his presence and not just power, but that there is power in his presence. I want to share something. Um, there's nothing new under the sun, and I heard an amazing sermon. I'm going to share a little bit with it with you because it just really inspired me. Christine Kane um, at Colour Conference uh, shared on the healing at Bethesda. Uh, so in John 5, verses 1 to 15, is, is this story. Um, this is not my own revelation, but it is just too good not to share with you. This is just too good. Our God is just so good. In, in verse 5, so... Knowing the pool at Bethesda they're all there's, there's lame and sick and they all would come come to to the pool and it would get stirred up and you know the first one in would get healed. and so you can imagine there'd be a race. I like, can just imagine my brothers like if they ever needed it it would be like Battle of the Brawn. but in verse five there was one man lying there who had been sick for 38 years. Uh, Verse 6, when Jesus saw him, I mean, there would have been a lot of people for Jesus to see, and so sometimes I wonder, like, is some of what he did there part of what's not written? I just, this is a thought, but then, so yeah, when Jesus saw him and knew he had, Jesus knew, he knew that he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be set free? I feel like if someone asked you that, of co- you'd be like, of course. Why would anybody want to not be healed, to not be set free, to still be captive with depression and thoughts of anxiety and crippling debt? Like, why would, why would of course, why would I say no to that? But this man—he goes on to have many excuses, excuses, validations, um, and we all do this. Someone else's fault. Um, we may even feel that it was God's fault, you know, that or well, He hasn't healed me. He hasn't come yet, or He not The opportunity hasn't come for me yet. But verse seven and verse seventeen. I can't, sir. The sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool. When the bubbles come up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. We can look around sometimes and, and be be jealous, envious of, gosh, that's sort of, that was a job I was hoping to get. I was hoping to be at that stage of life. I was hoping that business by now, you know, we've been doing it for a long time. Why aren't we doing better? Uh, family, I, you know, they're getting further apart. What's going on? We can have questions and things. But Jesus told him, again, like Jesus, I love that he's not like, oh, you poor thing. I'm so sorry no one was there for you. I'm so sorry. He's just like, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. So short. (laughs) Do this. Because he didn't ask him like, hey, what's your name? How you going? Like, get down. (laughs) Christine talked about, oh, you know, looking at the mat. Oh, this is a nice mat. All your problems down here. There are so many things that, that are genuine, like horrible things that can have happened to us, but do you want to get well? Do you want to be set free? Verse 9, instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. There is responsibility that comes with wholeness. It also says that you go and sin no more. That if you want to be set free, action needs to take place. He had to do something. It wasn't just about like Jesus lifting you up, carrying him up, and then I'm going to massage your legs. And I'm going to sometimes we can think that there's this like Jesus is like, I'm just waiting for you, God, to come and help me in this. I'm just sitting here waiting. And he's like, Do you want to be made well? My kids sit there and go, I'm thirsty. <laughs> I'm thirsty. Like, there, is, there is there is, access to all the water that can come through our tap in Wyoming. All that the council will allow to come through my house, there's a lot of water, but that is available to them. They know where the cups are, they know where it is, and yet they sit there and scream at me, I'm thirsty, yelling at me their problem, and I'm just so thirsty. My drink, I don't know. They're really great kids, I promise. But, but we could, I don't know, maybe this is just me, that I can see myself like that sometimes, that I could see myself as like that, not with that in particular, but just not forgetting what's mine and just like I'm this, this thirst within me, I'm crying out, help me. It's like, hold on, it's right there. You know how to get it. Do we know how to get it? Do we know how to get what's ours? But then the responsibility that comes with wholeness. There is so much power for someone who has been healed to so go and set free someone else. That If you've experienced breakthrough, that, the, that our faith level is so increased for that, for someone else, that I have the faith, I have prayed and seeing people set free from things. And then my faith level's increase, and I'm excited. It's like, I want that for someone else. Who else, who else? And so if you know of someone that, if you're struggling with something and they've been healed from it, set free, go after them, ask them to pray for you. They have the faith because it's happened to them. Who are the greatest salesmen, the salespeople, the ones that believe in their product? Do we believe in the product And the product being our Heavenly Father, our Jesus and the Holy Spirit that comes in and and just, just sweeps us up. Do we believe in this product? It sounds weird to say it like that. I apologize. Faith makes it possible but not easy. We need to replace fears and doubts with truth. Freedom doesn't come through pursuing freedom but pursuing Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood sought after Jesus. She knew that if even she could just touch the hem of His garden that she would be healed. She knew what was hers. She was sort of at the end of it, I suppose you could say. You know, everybody knew knew her. They knew they were aware of what she had, and and I just found it interesting for a second that she she didn't um, ignore or pretend that she wasn't this person. She knew that she had an issue with blood. But she also knew that if she could just touch Jesus that maybe she'd just be set free. So that's coming back to that whole we can't ignore and pretend that facts don't exist because facts exist. That you need you need a deposit to buy a house. You need you need to pay your rent, your mortgage, you need to pay your bills, these are facts. You've got to pay your employees. I've got to feed and clothe my children. There, there are facts. But then there are the circumstances that come in. Then there's our Heavenly Father that goes above and beyond. So where the testimony of my husband being made redundant continues is that just for two weeks we walked in this, hey, God, you're so good. You're our provider. And he was standing really strong, and I was like, I'm coming to meet you because I want to, I, I, I want to know and I want to stand in the authority of knowing what's ours. you know what before he even went for I had put any um, applications out there, he had jobs coming offers coming his way. He within two days he was like interviews one day interviews somewhere else the next day and we were kind of in this moment like, well God, is this the push because it can happen you're like is this is this the push to be completely? um reliant upon you. Maybe we're going solo. Maybe we are just jumping straight into this, you know, home business. Maybe that's what we're meant to be doing. And in this moment it kind of felt like we were at this um like we're at this big feast and it's like chicken, pork, lamb. And God's like, what do you want? And we're like, we don't know. What's the right one for us? But we just so knew who our provider was and his intentionality and his timing that, you know what, going into business on our own right now wasn't the perfect timing. That we haven't stopped it completely, but that there is so much more for him to learn and grow um, at this new place. And so he's in in a new role now, um, and they were still happy to take him part-time. And so he's earning more part-time than he was full-time at the other place. How good's our God that something that shook us that we felt wet and shaken. We were like, no, peace be still. I was continually praying peace over my spirit, that, I would, that the anxieties, that I wouldn't be overcome by, by fear because I know who my God is. Romans 4, verses 18 to 25, Abraham being considered known as the father of faith. In verse 18, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Verse 19, and Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. (laughs) So funny. And so was Sarah's womb, as good as dead. Verse 20, Abraham never wavered, never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this he brought glory to God. Verse 21, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Verse 22, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Verse 23, and when God counted him as righteous, It wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. Oh, that's highlighted. This is massive to me. It was recorded, verse 24, for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. We need to be fully convinced. All this stuff, this growing, this, all, all the scriptures I've been sharing is this growing and evolving into this knowing our Father, being con- fully convinced, unwavering. And there are moments where we do kind of, and that's what I said, I kind of—I it wasn't that I, I didn't have faith, but I just, I was working, I was positioning myself. I wanted to be in the right position in partnering with God. It's like, God, I want, we want to do whatever it is that you want of us. And we want to be positioned so that when when he comes through, it's like we're ready. We're ready to go with whatever it is. Abraham's promise wasn't fulfilled when he thought it would, when he thought it should be, um, and even when he tried to fulfil it in ways himself, it didn't work out. But when we all have ideas on how things would go, could go, and we can think that. Um like we've been married almost nine years this year and we went through a really rough time of debt. It wasn't the devil, it was our own it was our own it was our own uh choices and mistakes. We weren't very wise with things. It wasn't the devil. <laughs> we were just young and naive and and made our <laughs> devils like, hey, they're doing a pretty good job of it themselves. Like <laughs> just, they're figuring it out. But we've we've had to overcome what felt like so much, and in those seasons of of the bills that come with, the, the, they're not just it's not just a bill anymore. This is like way past due notice. Like they they're coming to get us. Like terrified to answer the phone. Like these were these were some pretty dark days. But in the scheme of my life. In our marriage, we've only been married nine years and I think about Abraham who was in his hundreds still waiting on a promise. But this unwavering, if you're believing for something today, if you're overcome, if your circumstances, whatever it is that's going on in your life, whatever it is that you're believing for and even dreaming for, don't let fear take hold. Take courage my heart stay steadfast, my soul, because he's in the waiting. Beautiful lyrics. Our God is good. And that's all I have. So but I just want to encourage you all. I just wanted this word to be an encouragement to you that God is available. There is something I have, I have avoided, avoided sickness but I had something come in and and sort of come at me from the side that I wasn't sort of paying attention to, and I I have um, quite significant varicose veins in my leg. And so I don't ignore these. Um, The fact is that they are there and I, I wear compression stockings, but I know that my God is healer. And so this is something that I'm expecting to see healed and I will be set free from. And then, hey, if you're struggling with that, I have the faith for it. But I, I say that here before you as like a this accountability. I I wanna I wanna see you guys see this miracle take place in me. I wanna see miracles take place in you. And as a family, that what a safer place to be vulnerable. What a safe place to be to just not feel like you have to sneak through the crowd and just, I just hope that maybe, just on my own, that what if it was like, hey, let's all get this woman to Jesus. That I want to be that person with you. I want to partner with you. And I love what Luke was saying this morning, that just this partnership with God, knowing what's available to us, knowing that we are we are heirs, that we can do more than he did and that's even scary to think about this responsibility that comes with this wholeness of you know what how can i keep this inside of me how can i not go out and pray for someone else and and see them set free there were times where i've had discouragement and and almost to the point of depression for me and i had to break out of that and i never want to be in that place again and and if others, if you're stuck in this place, God wants to see you free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so, in this house this morning, freedom is yours, healing is yours, to see you your business grow and be a blessing. And I don't say this to, for us to just be this prosperous gospel of that we'll just have all this money. But if my business is doing well, then I can employ people. I can have other people in under under the influence of my example, my example of Jesus that they can then be loved on. And then they'll go out within their family where they choose to sow and then to reap. That it is not just that, that I will have lots of money and do what I want. It's No, it's for the benefit of the kingdom of God that you can sow into ministry, that you can be debt-free knowing that your money can then just go out into the world and do all that God has called it to do. It's sort of getting a bit... I'm just going to ask uh, Luke to just come and strum for a second maybe. Um, But if there is anybody here that would like prayer, I'd love to partner with you. If you're feeling a bit freaked out in the circumstances that you're in, overwhelmed, overcome, or just to the point of like, I'm down underneath in the ship and I can't even see anymore, but it's just it's just too much. I just don't know how to step out. I don't know how to take that first step. I'd love to pray with you. If you've already been healed of something, praise God. If you've already been set free, praise God. Maybe God has a word in you for someone else. And then maybe you need to share it. I got to share with a um my my son broke his arm and and we were in hospital at the fracture clinic and this guy next to me who, who seemed pretty rough, he was in like a rehab clinic and he was there because while um, he was on substances, he decided that he could attack a driving car and that he would win. Um, he felt he was stronger and he was not, he nearly died. Um, but in this rehab clinic, he was just beginning to encounter Jesus. I was like, wow, wow but he struggled with reading, he struggled with not understanding and there is so much power in testimony, even if it's not yours. I got to share with this man about um, Pastor Barry um, that he was once unable to read and that in an instant God gave him the ability to read. And I think sometimes I forget the power in in our education, just even being able to read. And so I got to pray for this guy that he would... Because he said, oh, you know, I really struggle to read it by the time I've sort of read two lines. It's sort of not making sense anymore. And I got to pray for this guy and pray that it says that this this word is alive and active. I prayed that it would come to life for him. I just just realized the page of Open Door is quite colorful and alive. Thank you, kids. But I got to pray for this guy. I got to use someone else's testimony. There are testimonies in the Bible. There are things in here that we can use that are for our benefit and for the benefit of the kingdom. When I was having that worship with God in the car, he just was like, I just want everyone to know me. To know that just how loved they are, the freedom, and I think sometimes it's so easy for us to be like, oh, and I just, I'm a Christian, so I should have read the word, this guilt, this religiousness. He's like, I don't want that. I just want you. Seek me in my presence. Desire it in your car, in your morning, within your family, this example, because your kids will remind you. If you don't, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna close it there. I'm gonna open it up for anyone to pray, and then afterwards, um, uh, Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister has asked us to pray um, today um, over the drought in Australia for for the breaking of the drought. So I'm just gonna open it now uh, for anybody that would like prayer, and then before we close it, we're going to um, we're gonna pray.